Welcome to Opiso, a resource from Solano Community Church. My name is Rebecca Jones, and I'll be your host today. Opiso means follow in the language of Jesus' day. And the Opiso podcast is a space where we, as the Solano Church community, can explore what it means today to find and follow Jesus. So wherever you are on that journey, we're happy that you're with us. here today talking about the Church Unleashed vision, building a gospel-centered community answering the call to reach the Bay and beyond. Um, So we're here with, I don't know who wants to start, who wants to go first? John, maybe you? Yeah, hi, I'm John Iwawaki. Um, I am, uh, let's see, I do a a bunch of things in the church, but among among them, um, I've been playing music in the band, and uh, I help lead a home group, and I'm one of the elders. And you wanted to know something about the pandemic, how the pan... Oh, um, what I'm really looking forward to, um, this pandemic being over. I'm looking forward to being together with friends in my backyard. Mm. That's what I'm looking forward to. Nice. My name's Andrew Hoffman. get to serve this church as lead pastor, um, which I've been doing for 16 years now. Um, Gives me great joy. And so I wear lots of hats in the church as well. And my answer to the question, what am I looking forward to uh, as the pandemic ends, is seeing people's faces and being able to read their full expressions. I love that. Awesome. So I am Kate Krizenga. I am a member here at Solano. I've done a lot of things over the years from making coffee to leading home groups, helping with some strategy and and beyond. Um, Something I'm looking forward to as the pandemic wraps is I think giving people hugs, which is funny because as a Midwesterner, I don't think I was naturally a hugger, but now I just want to hug everyone. Wow. Okay. Um, My name is Rebecca. I'm new to Solano. Uh, I moved here during the pandemic, um, which has been really, really fun. So I guess the thing that I am longing for most after this is all over is the Bay Area traffic. Um, That sounds (laughs) awesome. Um, Okay, so we're going to get started. We're talking about the Church Unleashed vision. Um, And I have this uh, part of the plan, which is on the website, which is um, we envision releasing waves of gospel-centered ambassadors who will fan out across the Bay Area and beyond. As they reflect the light of the gospel into all facets of life, they will make it possible for others to find God, even in our unchurched, highly secular environment. These ambassadors will be equipped by a growing team of disciplers, teachers, and advocates who will help them cultivate their gifts and call for the unique work prepared for them by the Lord Jesus Christ. So um, I want to first just pan to Pastor Andrew to just give a little bit of context and what inspired the Church Unleashed vision. So... um This morning I had kind of one of those existential moments, and I don't know if it was a result of getting my second vaccine shot yesterday, but um, I was sort of picturing myself in in all the work that I do, sending emails, meeting with people, organizing things. And the question that came to my mind is, why am I doing all of these things? Um, What is the point? What is the purpose of it? And I began to journal on the subject and drilled kind of down in back into the core of what we're trying to do as a church. And this vision sort of came into my head of, you know, uh, this sort of continuum of people and their closeness to Jesus Christ. And the work that that I'm doing, that we're doing, is to try and help people move along that continuum towards Jesus. And if they don't have a relationship with Jesus, we call that evangelism. If they do have a relationship with Jesus, we call that discipleship. 
And the whole goal of everything that we do is to help people move along that continuum. And then as I was thinking about Church Unleashed, you know, and as you read sort of the vision for it, it's really about, you know, asking this question, well, what if we had an entire church filled with people who were helping people move along the continuum towards Jesus, whether that be, you know, sharing the gospel with them or helping them to grow. And and then when I think about this church, one of the things that I love, I mean, this is probably not the most objective opinion, but um, this is probably one of the, the most interesting churches that I can imagine when mm-hmm. I think about all of the people and the unique individuals and, you know, the breadth and diversity. Uh, I just get, I just get excited thinking about all of these people figuring out what it is that God has called them to do in this world and then really being released to live into that calling in greater and greater fullness. That just that just fills me with tremendous joy. And so, um, you know, for me, that's really, it really comes down to this simple idea of the priesthood of all believers. Um, and, and so that's what really kind of gets me excited about the Church Unleashed vision. Yeah. Cool. Thanks for thanks for sharing that. I don't know if Kate or John, you want to add anything to that uh, vision for the priesthood of all believers. Yeah, um, I'm happy to jump in on that. I I really believe that. Well, the Bible tells us. Doesn't matter what I believe, but the Bible tells us that that every believer has gifts, and and I really think that this vision of Church Unleashed um, really acknowledges that truth. Um, that each one of us has a gift. It doesn't just fall to the lead pastor or staff or elders or, or whoever it's there's gifts in each one of us. Um, that's a follower of Christ. Um, that's been given to us by, by the spirit and, and church unleashed is just a a way of acknowledging that and, and really just opening it up to, to every one of us. There's a, there's an accountability there for each one of us. So we're not just feeling like, oh, that's not my job, but that's not something I can do or help with. It, it really does fall to, to each one of us. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm so curious about uh, all of us, like Andrew, John, Kate, you guys all have sort of stepped into your own call and um, kind of allowing God to sort of shape and form your personal ministries and your own careers and things like that. I don't know if either of you can share um, about your own personal journey and what that's looked like for you to step into that call. Sure. I'm happy to share. So I think for me, I became a Christian in college, right? So didn't really grow up in a Christian home. So a big piece for me was just learning what does the Bible say? What does this actually mean? What bearing does it have in my life? And I think entering Solana was a big piece of the puzzle for me because while I was in a great like Bible teaching church in the season I came to faith, when I showed in the Bay Area a couple years after college, I still wasn't sure how to live it out. Mm-hmm. And for for better or for worse, hopefully he still thinks it's for better. <laughs> Andrew Hoffman is a great example of somebody who, who I think fulfills what God does, which is like he takes people who are unqualified and maybe like 
not fully equipped and he equips them and qualifies them along the journey. So I kind of was able to dive into serving in a lot of different Mm. ways to use some of the skills God was cultivating me at the same time. I was learning more and being mentored by different people um, who were further along on the journey, whether it was Andrew or Jim Cherm, who was kind of like an elder at our church for a while, or even Andrew Franklin, who was like more indigenous to the Bay Area and had grown up here and understood what was going to click and work in this culture as we were trying to reach people and connect with people. So I think a big piece of my journey was being able to to dive in and serve at the same time I was um, kind of going deeper in my knowledge of who God is and what scripture calls us to do. Mm. Can you speak a little bit more to that process of stepping into God's call in your life? You said that you were in this process of being equipped. So what did that look like for you? Sure. I think in practical terms, when I arrived in the Bay Area from the Midwest, I had become a Christian in college just a couple years earlier, and I had sat under some really good teaching and started to really ask questions about what it meant to follow Jesus. Mm. But I still had a, a long way to go towards growing in my maturity. So I think Solana was a great church to step into from a couple perspectives. One is that it was a small church and kind of it was all hands on deck. We really lived into everyone has a role to play. And I think Andrew very much embraced this idea of like God calls people who are unqualified and perhaps a little bit ill-equipped and Mm. lets them dive in and he equips them along the way. So I was kind of brought into doing a lot of things from planning our events to kind of developing our growth plan. And I think I had really great mentors and role models along that journey, too, which was really helpful. I had pretty mature small group leaders who were helping me dig deeper into scripture and asking, you know, how does this maybe apply to the situation you're angling through in life, as well as folks like within the church who are mentoring me and like, how do you do ministry well? Like Andrew Franklin, who could help me contextualize to the Bay Area as a Midwesterner, or Jim Charm, who just had decades of experiences walking as a Christian and could kind of use that to inform my maturity. So that was really helpful to me. Yeah, yeah. Would you say that... Um I can imagine that coming from the Midwest, there might be a little bit of a different culture out here in terms of orientation towards Christian thought generally. Um, can you speak a little bit to the increased urgency that we have as believers in the Bay Area to make disciples? I think that's that's definitely true. It, it's a different universe. You can't assume anybody has this baseline understanding of Christianity that you can build upon. I think oftentimes I'm going to use like my heady grad school language a little bit because I'm getting my master's in evangelism and leadership, but mm. They, they have this angle scale, right, where you go from negative 10 to, like, 10. And 10 is somebody who's, like, super committed, following Christ, chasing him, doing everything they can, right? But negative 10 is, like, no awareness. And I think sometimes in the Bay Area, I want to extend the negative part of the angle scale, right? Like, I think people can be at negative 100, where not only do they have no awareness, but they're adamantly opposed to something they don't even properly understand or Mm. fully comprehend based on a bad experience with something that might not have even been really Christianity. So I think there's also an issue where there are very few Christians here. So I think the soil is hard and there aren't many laborers. So when we think about the priesthood of all believers, it's really important that we're equipping each and every believer to go out and make disciples and bless Mm -hmm. and renew the world because otherwise it's not going to happen. We can't only have like Andrew as the pastor and John and the few other elders being the ones teaching and everyone else just like kicks back and shows up on Sunday and doesn't do anything the other six days of the Mm -hmm. week because we'll never reach all the people that God has called us to reach. So I think that gives you a greater sense of urgency and like 
I've got to figure out, like, via Avodah, like, how this connects with my work, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I need to attend Gospel Academy and actually say, like, what don't I know? Like, in my my experience, like, I got the urgency bug, I guess, enough to, like, go get a master's degree to dig in deeper because I just very much feel like this is the, the big call in our lives, even beyond our mm -hmm. careers or our families, is to make disciples in this area. Mm -hmm. hey, I, I really think that, like, some of the skills and tools that you've learned, I think, in the professional world, and you've brought them into the, the church community as well and, and how we run things here, I really think that's another way that you're using, um, I don't know, you're just using like really practical mm -hmm. um, skills for the benefit of, of us and the benefit of our church and the, of our congregation. Yeah. I think that's avodah at work, right? Like your work can be worship, your worship can be work, mm -hmm. right? So it's like, what do I have to offer that can bless the kingdom? Like God gave me these gifts for a reason. I should use them to the fullest of my ability, mm -hmm. right? Totally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. a really good point. I feel like that's a conceptual gap that a lot of believers don't make, this sort of connection between work and uh, living for God and worshiping him in that. So I'd, I'd be curious to hear your journey, John, um, because you are an educator and you've had the capacity to step into that call for such a long period of time. What does that look like for you? Yeah, you know, I, I never um, thought, I didn't grow up thinking that I would um, be a teacher. Mm. Um, God sort of just um, just pushed me sort of backwards into it. And, and I realized um, that maybe he had given me um, a gift for some element of that. And, uh, and I, I did that for years and, and, and I'm still doing it on some level, but I've been able to bring that, um, into the church as well. And so I love to teach about science, but I also just really love to teach about the Bible. I, I love to teach. I love to, um, just talk to people and, and learn even with them. Um, that's just one way that I think, uh, the gifts that God has given me, I've been able to use them to bless um, people both inside the church and outside the church. Mm -hmm. And when you look back at your journey to be able to um, step into the full call in your life, in what ways were you equipped? Oh, well, I'm still on the journey. I haven't <laughs> arrived, <laughs> but um, I, I grew up in, in a really small um fellowship and uh and so there was a lot more accountability you know when when things are small and and we didn't have um really paid staff so everybody kind of shared some responsibility and so i learned um pretty young that i needed to to help out and 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 do some things and and i know that that it's dangerous sometimes to think, well, um, you know, I don't have a title or I don't have an official role um, at the church. And, and so um, maybe I'm not mm -hmm. as accountable, but I really think that, that we are called, you know, we mentioned earlier about the priesthood of all believers, like a priest, every one of us is a mm -hmm. priest Amen. with gifts and responsibilities and, and what a privilege that is and what a responsibility that is. And, and so I'm, I'm working on that myself, you know, I'm, I, I know just like everybody else, you know, I feel reluctant and I feel underqualified and, and, um, and that's, I think that's really normal, but, um, but we have to fight it because I think, you know, God provides, mm, um, totally. we see story after story in the Bible about people who were just unprepared, underqualified and, and God gave them wisdom or strength or endurance or skill 
or, or even a miracle mm-hmm. um, he provided. And I think that still holds for today. Right. Yeah, and I was just wanting to tell a little bit of the story of these two because I don't think that they will tell the story <laughs> themselves. But I remember a really sweet moment when John was um, awarded Teacher of the Year in his school district. Mm-hmm. And he was standing up there. And I was in the, I was in the crowd. There were hundreds and hundreds of people in this huge banquet hall. And he gave up to went up to give his speech. And, you know, you could tell he just really thought and, and, and he was talking to people that that trust him and that he'd earn relationship with. And in the middle of it, he just started talking about Jesus in a way that was so appropriate wow. and so blessed. And I just remember like becoming very emotional watching all of this <laughs> unfold. And and that's, you know, how could he get to the place where he do that? Well, it's because over time the Lord's been equipping him so that in that moment, you know, he could take advantage of it. And Kate works at, you know, one of these big tech companies and she's right in the mix of it all. It's crazy crazy what she's in the middle of week to week and she is there just boldly being representative for Christ and doing it in such a way that is you know gentle and sensitive and understanding and thoughtful and the stories that I've been able to hear Kate tell about the way that people talk to her or come to her and then when she pushes and then how she continues and doesn't give up and um, just it's just beautiful to see that and and that's what we desperately need. Kate, you talked about the urgency. And it's true, there are so few Christians here that we have to have this kind of urgency about it. And I have to think about how our church is, I mean, wouldn't it be great if the church we have now is the ministry team? And the church we're becoming is not here with us yet. Because the people that are now with us have really captured that vision and are going out and helping people move towards Jesus. Anyway, I go on and on. I just get really excited thinking about you guys and and the example that you are of what we're talking about. Yeah. So this is super encouraging, right? Um, But we obviously see that there are a lot of challenges and impediments to people being able to step into the call on their lives. So I don't know, can any of you guys speak to some of the more um, uh, prevalent challenges that kind of come up for people or for individuals or the church more broadly? Sure. It is a good question. I think one of them is just being able to to have the time and the space to dig into what scripture says, to understand what your calling and strengths might be. I'm really excited about what we're doing with Gospel Academy and going deeper there and being able to provide content to people in different ways. Um, I think this semester through grad school, I was telling Andrew, I was reading JT English's new book on deep discipleship and a big question that he asks is like should I have to leave my local church to grow deeper as a disciple and the answer should be a resounding no right we look at the early church and Paul was equipping people even in these nascent little baby churches to grow their next senior pastor so to speak from somebody who is not a believer and I think for me like I I was obviously given a lot of resources in this community but ultimately we just didn't have the capacity is what a church of like 90 or 150 to go quite as deep as I'd like to go. Mm-hmm. So I had to leave and find a graduate program a couple thousand miles away, right, um, to be able to go deeper. But what does it look like in this next season where we do have the generosity of people giving and the staffing to be able to actually offer deep discipleship to people and build that funnel where people can come in not knowing who Christ is and they can actually 
ask what's in the Bible all the way to something that prepares somebody to be an elder or the next pastor of this church. Like that would be my vision for us is that like somebody who walks up the street next week, Mm -hmm. who's just asking like, who is Christ? And I think maybe like Jesus is offensive, right? (laughs) Like, I I don't even believe this, like come, come explain it to me. What would it look like for that person to come through that funnel and actually like be the next senior pastor? Like that would be success. Mm. Amen. Maybe that's aggressive as a vision. I'm down. Yeah, I know it's always it. It feels hard to know like when you're ready. Like when you when you at what point do you become qualified mm-hmm. to do the thing? Right. Like there's there's really no certificate that you get from you know for being a Christian a certain number of years and and now you have you know you've arrived at this skill and that that really never happens but that doesn't um, excuse us from from continually learning and growing and and I know that's part of what what the intent of Gospel Academy is but you know I, I've been I've been learning to to play electric bass um, lately and and I'm I'm a, I'm a novice or enthusiast, um, and it's really scary for me right now to get up and play in front of people because I don't feel like I'm good at it yet. Um, but I also know that if I don't play in front of people, if I don't get on the calendar, mm. then I'll never mm-hmm. get better. It's right? a force and function. Yeah. yeah. do it. Yeah. I just, I, I force myself to, to get up there and, and once in a while I play the wrong note <laughs> and and sometimes I play the right note and it's um, it's how we grow I think yeah. by by putting ourselves out there a little bit that's so true we're always going to play the wrong note <laughs> you know I mean it's just part of who we are and and that's okay because God's so big and so powerful that he can actually take our wrong notes and mm-hmm. weave it into you guys heard that illustration where you know some kid is playing in a, in a hotel and this famous pianist comes and like reaches around both sides and turns the little tinkling into like a beautiful song you know that's mm-hmm. what God does with mm-hmm. our and so totally. that barrier of feeling incapable that's actually the place where strength comes because when you're not capable you have to depend on God and then that enables you to really be filled with the Holy Spirit and, and go forward totally. which is great the barrier that I was going to um, bring up was I just I think this is and I'm speaking to myself here but we're just not heavenly minded enough in other mm-hmm. words we're so caught up in the things of this world the earthly things that it just seems crazy to go out there and really represent Christ and the more I get my head into the heavenly mind Mindset. And by that, I mean, the more I understand what God is doing in this world from soup to nuts, from the beginning to the end, you know, his whole plans, the more bold I become because I'm I'm actually seeing things for how they really are instead of the lies that Satan wants to bring and how the world is, you know. So when I have that more realistic, deeper perspective, and this is why the Church Unleashed and Gospel Academy in particular are so important is because if you want to really be heavenly minded, you've got to understand all the contours of what God is doing from the gospel to the Bible and how we got the Bible and how, how to read it. What's the overarching story of the Bible? You know, going through our, our theology um, to figuring about how, how does it mean to change and transform and grow? These are the core classes in the Gospel Academy. What does it mean to live in community? That's one of 
one of the core courses, community, and then lastly, how to live on mission. So when you put all those together, what's going to happen at the end of that is you're going to be more heavenly minded, whether you want it to be or not, because you have a deeper understanding and conceptualization of what... I mean, this isn't some made-up thing. This is actually the true thing that mm. God is doing. This is reality. Mm. You know, this is what things really are rather than the pseudo-reality that we get caught up in from day to day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Urgency is definitely something we need to cultivate. So we have somebody who uh, comes to the door and says, all right, sign me up. I'm ready to do this. I want to step into the call of my life. What's the first step? Right. So I think the first thing is, if somebody's not even there, I would say like the existential, like get out of your own head, right? Like too often we wait for somebody to ask us or for the approval yes. or authority of man. Mm-hmm. Like if God has put something on your heart, like the Amen. Holy Spirit's whispering something to you, like that is enough. The authority and calling from God, that's enough. Run with that. And we'll catch up to you, right? So you can send Andrew all your great emails. I'm offering up his his (laughs) inbox of the things the Holy Spirit's calling you to do. But if you're looking for an idea or something to pray about, I think get into a home group. That's a great place to be discipled and dig into scripture and wrangle with what God might be calling you to or wrangle through some difficult things in your life. Another is like get into the Gospel Academy we've got going on right now if you want to see what it looks like to go deeper into scripture. Martin's Mm -hmm. leading a study on judges, and I'd love to see just overwhelming over flowing zoom attendance on that and on Wednesday nights. Yeah. And I, I think there, there is, you know, there, there are informal ways that we can do this as well. I, I just think of, um, the idea of apprenticeship, um, the idea that, that you don't have to maybe, um, maybe be an expert already. You know, we've kind of been talking about that. We're not quite qualified, but maybe you know someone or, or we can get you connected with somebody who who does something well that you're interested in. And there's a way you can kind of tag along. And, you know, Andrew often talks about having one hand, reaching one hand forward mm. and one hand back. And so we need to be, um, th- those of us who maybe have been around a little bit longer or have a little more experience, we need to be watching for, for those opportunities to help apprentice um, others. Um, that's that's sort of our model, right? Discipling the disciplers of tomorrow, right? Yeah. yeah, can I just add something to that? I think um, just thinking about that informal model of discipleship, um, every single morning, uh, Jody and I go to the gym at like six o'clock in the morning and she, I have a heart for evangelism. I desire to um, sort of see the gospel proclaimed. And I thought I did until I hung out with Jody and then I realized I didn't, right? Um, <laughs> I think all of us feel that way. Yeah, right? And she's talking to every single person in the morning at, at six o'clock. Nobody wants to have a conversation, but she wants to be a light for Jesus, even in that space. And I'm being forced out of my comfort zone, forced to really think about the implications of what the gospel is saying, right? It's worth that level of uncomfortability to be able to push past that. Mm, that's great. It's well, beautiful. My next step is a shameless re- request for teachers because we've got these core courses for Gospel Academy. They're gospel, they're just every how to live your life around the gospel, how to apply um, the gospel to all of your struggles. It's such, a, it's such an important skill for us to develop. And then we've got Bible and theology and transformation and community and mission. And we really want to have uh, teaching teams for each one of
of those courses and be able to deliver the content in many different ways. And so I know that this church is filled with all kinds of teachers. We have lots of educators, lots of academics, and just people who do teaching and training um, throughout their career. And God wants to use some of those gifts in the church context to help move people closer to Jesus on the discipleship pathway. And so um, I know people listening to this, there's a few, maybe many, who could jump into that role of being one of our teachers on one of our teaching teams. And so I would love to just get lots of response and hear about people who want to step into that, who are being called by God to do that really important, incredible work. Okay, this has been awesome. Thank you guys so much for coming and sharing. Um, And hopefully we'll be able to chat again soon. Thank you, Rebecca, for doing this. Yeah, Yeah, this has been great. Great to hear your stories and, and, uh, and hear all these great ideas. Yeah, hopefully we have unleashed our church. Thanks for helping activate us, Rebecca.